because local matters. The John McMullen Show on Radio 111, talking about what matters in your life. Now, here's John. Thank you very much and a pleasure to have you join us on our Wednesday get-together. Hope that you have had a great day and week so far. We're at the hump point, so on our way towards the weekend and a lot of people going to be celebrating with different activities including the big Halloween festivities going on over the weekend here in town and we'll tell you a little more about some of that later on in the broadcast. I mentioned the other day that we were going to have a conversation with a friend of ours about something that came up in a personal exchange between me and a very close friend recently uh, who lost a very important member of his family a year ago and uh, it was not uh, fortunately it was not related to COVID-19 however uh, it happened at a time when because of the pandemic there was a lot of restrictions on public gatherings and on the ability for people to traditionally do what they would do in terms of having you know funerals and having people come together for memorial services when they lose a loved one so i invited larry davis he is the vice president for the coachella valley region at forest lawn uh, and they are located in cathedral city with operations across the coachella valley and throughout southern california uh, to come in and have a conversation with us because i remember a conversation i had with him probably five years ago where he shared with me the fact that he had been a certified celebrant i think was the term uh, and had uh, officiated over tens of thousands of memorial services uh, and being in this business whole uh, his whole career uh, you know you get to know a lot of people and a lot of people's stories and it's it's not you know just high profile people it's everyday people like you and i so when my friend told me that it had been a year since his relative had passed and that he still had been unable to write a memorial or to you know write some sort of a remembrance every time he sat down uh, to do it he started to become emotionally you know caught up in it and and he just couldn't function and I thought maybe it would be a great idea to ask Larry to come in and to talk with us about that challenge is somebody who's had to memorialize a lot of people many people who he didn't know uh and and what it takes to to get the right words and to you know express the right sentiment to do your loved one right in the end so larry welcome back good to be here thank you it's uh it's never easy i've written a few uh i have written a few <laughs> Uh, of these things myself where I've had to deliver eulogies at family members funerals and at a friend's funeral and um, you don't want to do them wrong you know so I don't know anybody who goes to a service that isn't uh, caught up in the emotion of the moment they're very hard to you know distance yourself from and, and, and not show emotion in in doing them but can you give us maybe some tips for how people can uh think about doing this in a way that is that they're first of all that they're going to be able to get it done and secondly um that 
you know, any advice for people who might be feeling caught up and, and unable to, you know, become lethargic in the process? Well, John, I think those are good questions. Um, as you know, my wife died. Uh, it'll be a year uh, on November uh, 12th, uh, just a few days from now. And um, while I had a lot of experience in this, uh, in our profession, and I've written a number of uh, eulogies and obituaries and delivered a number of them, um, it's different when it's your wife of almost too much short of 50 years. Um, but I'd given a lot of thought to it, and I was not going to speak. I knew that I could not do that. And I think that's one of the things that people have to recognize. People don't expect the husband or the child or the uh, the very close person, uh, um, the partner, to have to do the speaking. So I think one thing is to free yourself from saying, I've got to be the one that delivers the eulogy. If you deliver it and you're just so emotionally shattered that you can't get the words out, it makes you very uncomfortable. You're crying up there, but the the audience is is hurting so much for you that it 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 doesn't get the accomplishment you want, which is honoring the person that's passed away. And I I was thinking when you were kind of doing the introduction um, that one of the things that I like is the interchange you and I have when I'm on your radio and and just talking to someone. So one of the things that I have employed with people is just talk to me, tell me about your loved one, as mm-hmm. if some people I know and as you said, some people I don't know at all. And there's, you know, some key questions you can ask, you know, what their age, where are they born and and, you know, what was their favorite music or, or movie or and, you know, what is a hobby? What is something people don't know about them that you would like them to know? You know, maybe they were into um, helping the homeless or helping children that nobody ever knew that. You know, it was yeah. something they just did. So I think talking it out, and and I am a certified celebrant, but you don't have to have a certified celebrant, a pastor or or a, um, sometimes event planners that are that have done services. We had a service the other day in our chapel for a woman uh, who, whose daughter worked for us for many years, and um, I didn't. It wasn't a it wasn't a certified celebrant, wasn't a pastor, but she had she was very good, and she was a person that had a good speaking voice, had um, a good kind of a stage presence, we might say, in this mm-hmm. business, and she had sat down with the family and she took notes and she talked about things and she hit she i knew the woman very well and and she she really hit the points that were important in a very loving kind way and with with some humor with some and and then other family members did get up and a couple did a very good job and and uh, they all did a good job but some were less emotional and some were more emotional i think the key is is don't feel you have to deliver the eulogy or the uh, remarks you may want to certainly give the 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 background and, and write things out. And sometimes writing them out is a very good way of dealing with your emotions. Mm-hmm. It's going to be emotional. I mean, there's no way around that. And when you say people get frozen, they do. And that's why if they were to talk to a friend, just like you and I are talking, we're friends, um, it's, it's easier and, and it's okay to be emotional. Yeah. Well, I mean, I certainly don't 
hold anyone's emotions against them in the course of doing no. this. I mean, I've been to too many funerals at this point. I'd like to not go to too many more <laughs> for my own. Um, but, you know, you you just never know. And uh, life goes on. However, uh, in the case of the person who I was talking to, I think um, it wasn't so much about, in his case, having to deliver a eulogy, but feeling like, you know, as, you know, as this person's child, that they wanted to communicate so many of these things that they know and that they felt and that they were concerned that other people would know or, or wanted other people to know about them uh, in a written form. And I told him, you know, whether you send that out now or you send it out another year or two from now, it, I don't think that there's any sort of a uh, expert inspiration date on no. when people can memorialize people I, you know i i went to an event last uh, week a week ago today uh, a state cemetery and mortuary conference over in temecula and um we had been two years since we last met because of the pandemic and when linda died the association put out a notice to the members that my wife had died and but you know, it was during the it was during the pandemic. It was people getting lots of emails, and and we were not meeting as a group. And when I walked into the um, social hour last Wednesday night, a group of five friends were standing right there, and I walked up, and they all greeted me, and they said, "Well, how are you, Larry?" And I thought they were thinking about how I am since Linda's passing, and. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. And, and one of them said, well, and how's Linda? And it caught me off guard. And mm. I said, well, Linda passed away about 11 months ago. And they just, they were shocked. They were saddened. And they were caught like, oh, my God, we're, we're opening this wound up for you. And I, yeah. I assured them it was fine. And, and we talked about what had happened. And, and um, but it you revisit this often you know you don't see everybody and especially with the pandemic when we couldn't have services and to me the value of a service is you get your friends and family together and you do it all at one time in one spot i've said before if you don't have a funeral you're going to have several of them because you're going to run into all your friends over you know at the, at the grocery store or at a, an event or like i did right. and people are going to not know and and then it kind of opens that up again I think, and you made a good point about um, it doesn't have to be completed now, and it, it can be a series of things. I've written, um, especially to family and friends, um, uh, over periods of time, like um, after Linda's passing, six months later, we had the dedication of her uh, uh, her tablet, her uh, people call them headstones at mm-hmm. the cemetery. Our Jewish friends are very good at this. They wait a year traditionally to have an unveiling of the of the headstone or the tablet and there's a service and there's a a whole um part of that and and rabbi sally a friend of ours you know rabbi sally Mm -hmm. here in the valley and she had come up to me and 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 uh sometime after linda probably in the fourth month or so and said when are you going to have her unveiling i know you're not I know you're not Jewish, but are you going to do that? And I, and I actually shared that with my son, who thought it was a really good idea. So at the six-month anniversary, we had the tablet unveiling. I had Rabbi Sally come, and I had her do the mm. a little scripture, and then That's we nice. shared a couple things. 
And it was another opportunity to get the family together, see the unveiling of the tablet, and to just honor Linda in another way that wasn't as emotional as it was the the few days after she died. It was it was we were all in a better space emotionally for ourselves. There were still some tears, but it was um, it, it was it was a good thing to do. And as she, as the anniversary comes up in a few days, I've been thinking about what is it I'm going to do, and I've really thought about writing something and sending it out to family and friends. Just I'm you know I'm doing oh well I'm doing well okay I'm doing pretty well at this right now I'm learning what it's like to be single and and um, and share some thoughts that uh, the things that come back to me and remembering Linda and as time goes on and it doesn't happen for everybody the intense pain does less lessen now some people especially if it's an accident or some major trauma thing. That takes longer, but um, I think think writing down things and and doing it in a over a period of time is good. We're going to continue our conversation in just a couple of moments with Larry Davis from Forest Lawn, and Larry, uh, folks can find you guys at forestlawn.com. Correct. And we'll give you the phone number uh, in the next segment as well. So if you want to write that down, get yourself a pencil and paper or pen and paper and. We'll make sure you get his information before he leaves this afternoon. Stay with us. It's the John McMullen Show on Radio 111. The John McMullen Show, from the voice of the Desert Cities, Radio 111. Here's John. We're talking with Larry Davis from Forest Lawn, and among other things, discussing how do you make sure that you do right by the people that you love when they pass, and that you get an opportunity to express who they are, who they were, what they accomplished, what mattered to them, and what mattered to you in terms of your love for that person. Larry has been involved with thousands of people's funerals, of course, working at Forest Lawn over all these years. And prior to that, you were, if I recall right, you were uh, with the uh, Crystal Cathedral and, yeah. and their uh, uh, mortuary. Cemetery. There, right, mm-hmm. cemetery. And uh, working with Reverend Robert Schuler, And, um, you know, you talked a little bit about the fact that your wife, Linda, passed a year ago. And, you know, you've been doing this for so long. How many years? 49. This is my 40, 49th year. 49 years of dealing with the day-in and day-out business of people passing away. And it, you know, it kind of feels like somebody who is in your line of work might be somewhat desensitized to this but here you go through it with somebody as close to yourself as a spouse and certainly you've had other people you know parents or whatever in your family who have passed away previously people who you were close to and loved uh, very deeply so do you being in that role professionally uh does it desensitize you at all uh when it is somebody that close and how do you kind of keep the balance of you know allowing yourself to be caught up in the moment when it is somebody really really close 
Well, it, it is very different when it's your your family. Um, I Linda went through a, a long, about a four-year illness and um, um, was on a feeding tube. She, but her mind was great. I mean, she got where she could not walk. She couldn't. She had, had to have a lot of stuff done for her, and uh, yet her mind was very sharp. Her her sense of humor and her love and. Um, so that was good that, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks she got to where she couldn't talk at all. And, and it was, um, we knew it was coming. And I didn't realize how much everyone around me that works with me and, and for me and our, our team at Forest Lawn, every time I made a phone call after hours, people thought, oh, my God, Linda's died. And I pocket dialed someone at 1130 one night, one of our oh, funeral no. service directors and and she she wasn't sure where to call me back or and it was just I didn't even know I'd done it and she said the next day don't you do that to me I'm I'm worried <laughs> to death and and I realized that you know everyone was kind of waiting with me and that gave me comfort but it it is different when it's your own family member but I don't feel desensitized with the families we serve I it's such an honor and I don't want that to sound contrived or, or made it it really is an honor, and it's it's more like a, um, a mission of my life that I've. And Linda said, "No, you know," she said, "You are made for what you do." She often would tell me that, and I wasn't sure I really believed that or understood that. But she would say that you know, the, with my sensitivity, people, and my organizational skills, and and the the way that um, I make sure everything has to be done exactly right. Um, and I, I can see that, and, and I feel that when I go home, I don't take my work with me, literally or figuratively. Um, I never took home uh, experience and really shared much with Linda because I didn't feel it was right for her to have to be you know, upset by some of the things I had been challenged with that day. And I wanted to give the reverence and respect to the people that we serve that I wasn't going home and talking about their situation. Right. But um, I would go home feeling that I'd given my best that day, and I do every day. Um, I think those of us in our profession really feel um, honored by what we do, and we feel that we can only do so much. There's, there's not much we can do for the decedent as far as we can't bring them back. We know that. Right. But we can help to make them look good. We can do things that, and, and we can help carry out the services that the family wants or that they wanted. And so we listen and we, and, and we come up with ideas that we can share with people. Like we often will ask, um, what was their favorite candy? You know, and, and, uh, you know, you know, little kisses or, or some sure. kind of candy. And, and we'll say, maybe you'd like to have us get a, some bags of candy and put them out so as people leave the service, they have a sweet taste of them. Them. Yeah. And people never would have thought of that, you know, and, and they like that. Or other little, almost like favors, you know, pictures or, or um, ribbons tied on things. And so we try to come up with ideas that help them celebrate the life. And I think by doing that, there's a real reward when you sit and listen. And I've listened to so many funerals, and it's amazing what people do. And it's amazing people that I've known fairly well at their funeral. I learned something that I didn't even know about it. 
Can you hang with us for another sure. segment? Sure. Great. We're going to update you on what's going on around the nation and the world with the resources of NBC News Radio, and then we will be right back to converse some more with Larry Davis from Forest Lawn. If you have a question and you want to join in, you can send a text message to us at 760-699-0202. Our phone lines are also open if you want to ring in. It's 760-677-0111 right here on Radio 111. Stay with us. Connected with the Desert Cities on the John McMullen Show on Radio 111. Here's John. Thank you, Howard. And we continue with this Wednesday edition of the John McMullen Show. Uh, having had a friend who was having a really difficult time putting the words into place uh, in doing a memorial for a very important member of his family. Uh, and it being even a year later and still feeling stuck in the mud on that process, I asked Larry if he would come and talk with us about steps that people take to, you know, write memorials and and eulogies and be able to deliver them when you're in a really tough place. And as he shared with us earlier, that is something that sometimes is best left to somebody else. And that's one of the reasons we're lucky to have organizations like his with Forest Lawn and professionals like himself who are here and understand how to be able to elicit the right information and deliver the right message in those moments. Uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit uh, you know, about that. We talked about it from the standpoint as to uh, how you know, do you become hardened in the course of doing your job uh, or become desensitized, I guess, uh, was the word. But what about in terms of when you meet with people, you are meeting them at one of the worst moments in their lives. That's That cannot be easy. And, and uh, you know, how do you get to that place where you are able to comfort them at a time that, a lot of them, I think, don't want to necessarily be comforted. Well, that, that's a good point, John. They, it's not that they don't want to be comforted, maybe, but they're not in that that they're not in that part of the journey where comfort in, is going to help. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of uh, church friends, Christian friends, who um, you know quote a Bible scripture or they, uh, which is fine, and that's very important to those people that have that belief. But sometimes it's a little premature, you know. If uh, there's a scripture, Romans eight twenty eight, all things work together for good to, to those who love God. Well, that's a real hope for the Christian community. But when you've had lost a child and you're saying all things work together for good to, to those who love God, the person might go, "Well, I love God, and He took my child," you know. And so there's there's anger, there's frustration, there's hurt. And at some point, that hope is is very valuable to that person if that's their faith, but not maybe in the first hours of it. But what people really want to know is that you care, and they don't want advice. They don't. Now they come to us for 
for advice and for services that we need to provide for them. But we have to be very good listeners because, uh, and that's where I would say your friend and others, listen and then let them talk. And what we often do with people that are grieving, and I've had it, I've experienced with my loss and Linda, is they don't want to upset you. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I don't want to make you cry, you know. Right. Well, one, we need to cry. We're going to cry anyway. We cry a lot by ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and so to have permission to cry, though, and to have permission to share your feelings or to just share some thought. When people ask me, how am I doing? Uh, you know, it's, yeah, well, I'm doing, I'm doing okay or I'm doing better than I thought I was or whatever. But when they ask me or they share a memory of Linda, it's just heartwarming it I get emotional yeah (laughs) because you don't want people to forget you don't want people to forget Linda and and what a wonderful person she was and I I flew back from Charleston South Carolina the other day after seeing my aunt who could not come out for the service and I had 4,200 pictures on my iPad that I haven't looked at in a long time. They went back to 2012, I think. And there were so many good pictures of Linda before the illness, before some of her facial changes because of the strokes. And and yet, even the ones of her where she's more debilitated, uh, there's just a sweet spirit about her. And, um, you know, there's Christmases. Several Christmases were in those that mix and, sure. and people... And and then friends that I've seen and some friends that I haven't seen, and it made me want to reach out to some people that I haven't talked to. And I think that really allowing the people that are grieving an opportunity to talk, and I think your friend that you're talking about who gets stuck, you kind of have to plow through that at times, and that's hard, and yeah. it's very hard. But if you have somebody that's a good listener that will let you talk, and and what we want to be sure is that we're not going. Oh, shh, shh I don't want to. No, we don't want to upset you. Yeah. Well, I remember you and I having a conversation one time. You were telling me about uh, a younger woman who had passed away, and that you were working with her family to put together that story. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that she had been in the armed services, mm-hmm. and um, and that her husband. Um, at first really didn't know what to tell you uh, and that you were able to elicit that out. And I think it's important for people when people are alive to even make notes of these kinds of things (laughs) so that when they're at that really stressed out point, very hurt point in their life, that they can remember things. And that's why I also think it's important. And I want to take a few minutes here uh, before we end this conversation today um, to talk with you about the importance of pre-planning. Well, I, I love to tell this story that about 10 or 12 years ago, Linda approached me and said, what happens if something happens to you? I said, well, call Forest Lawn. If I'm still working for them, I get a free funeral. It's one of my benefits. <laughs> and she laughed. We laughed. And she said, well, that's not good enough. We need to talk. And what if something happens to me, meaning her? And so we sat down and we really talked about what it is that we saw that we would want said about us or and and she surprised me with some things and uh, I think I surprised her with a couple things but we worked through it all and we pre-planned and we prepaid even though I'm still working and I still get a free funeral but um, 
And when she passed away, all of those things had been done. And we had had many of the conversations, and it even made it easier for me. The interesting thing was, is right after we had done this about 10, 12 years ago, it was Christmas. It was this time of year we completed it. And so I wrapped up the our pre-need funeral plans in a shirt box with a big mm-hmm. red bow on it, and I gave it to our son for Christmas, and he opens it up. My poor Melinda goes, oh, my God, you know, you didn't give him those. And he goes, are these your funeral plans? And I said, yes. And he said, are they paid for? And I said, yes. And he said, great <laughs> gift, Dad, thanks. <laughs> and, and, um, and you can laugh about it. It's easier to talk about ahead of time than it is when one of you are missing. Right, yeah. And I, th- I think also, like, um, I've had the privilege for a number of friends and family members to put together um, uh, multimedia tributes oh, yeah. to them. And, um, and even if I'm not related to those people, as I get into the project and as I learn different things about the individual who's deceased, uh, I get emotional. Oh, and getting to, getting to put that together with the right music and message for the person that really tells the story of their life um, it's, you know, it's difficult, but I think it's also really important for people to think about those resources that they are leaving for loved ones. And I used to hear my parents talk all the time, or my and my aunts and uncles talk all the time about how they wish that with their grandparents or their parents that they had tape-recorded family stories and things like that and had these, you know, to pass on to future generations. And I was like, I'm not going to be the next generation to say, when I have a radio station and video equipment, (laughs) I'm not going to be the last generation to say, uh, why didn't I record something with them? And I began sitting down a few years ago at Christmas and talking with my own parents about those things. And... You know, and capturing some of that so that, you know, when that unfortunate time comes that they're gone, that people will have that. And, and uh, I mean, so when you think about pre-planning and dealing with all the logistics of services and whether you want to be cremated or buried or, you know, sent into space or turned into <laughs> a ring or whatever, um, it it seems to me like that's a part of that process too. People should think about where do I have these things and what would I want people to have to be able to remember being by. That's so important. Good good point. And, and that people have so many options and people, if you don't know what they want, then they're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to make good decisions at the time. Yeah. You're going to be saying, well, I think they like this or I think they like that. And I think it's, and the conversations can be fun, and uh, in, in, uh, as strange as that seems. But you talk about family gatherings, you talk about family times, and and like you say, make some notes. Our son Doug um, interviewed his mom a, a year or so ago, and we have that. Uh, he gave that to me at Christmas last year, right oh, after her passing, nice. uh, on a flash drive. And you know, I think it's so fortunate. I. I watched the Ozzy and Harriet show a few <laughs> nights ago and and they're all gone you know yeah. I, and and yet they, they but they have grandchildren great grandchildren and people friends and people that love them and and how fortunate that we have that video of them and and I think you're right on I think one of the things you could do is is talk to people and and create a memory 
I think that's something. And you know, we all carry these cell phones around with that right. have a camera and. And well, you don't so many to. people put their stuff on social media, and I'm like, I don't want the last thing that people remember about me being something that got posted on Facebook yeah. or Instagram. <laughs> you know, it's like I would I would like to be able to have a little more control over you know who gets to be and not be subject to some algorithm as to yeah. whether or not somebody can even see it. So uh, I think that is an important thing for people to think about because we do have these multimedia devices in our pockets now. It, it's it's so easy to sit with grandma, grandpa, or or your husband or wife or the children and say, you know, I, I'll tell you, many you know what many people do, which is very interesting, is uh, especially when we had the little cassettes built in our answering machines. Mm-hmm. I've had people that refuse to take the. Uh, the, the voice, outgoing messages, the, the outgoing messages off, yeah. where the person saying, "Hi, this is Larry. Leave a message." I still have my dad's. I have a. Uh, I did a little recording with him. I actually had done it by accident. I was talking to him, and I had. I realized I was recording. I just let it go, and it's it's just really great stuff. And just to hear their voice. Yeah. I mean, I've had people say I won't take their voice message off their cell phone. Because I just want to be able to hear that voice again. Well, you know, um, unfortunately, one of my very dearest friends and somebody who really was part of my chosen family um, passed away a couple of years ago at Christmas time. And he was also the founder of this radio station, co-founder with me. And you can look around this room and there are photographs everywhere of him. Um, And, you know, it's still very emotional for me to look at it. But it really does help me to feel like i'll go back and watch the video we produced of that i just saw it the other day for the first time in probably eight or nine months and you know i'm thinking i am so lucky that i had two or three thousand photographs and video clips and things with that person and sometimes you got to think about these things in advance so you're not left flat-footed when that unfortunate day comes you should never turn your back on someone that wants to take your picture Phone number? 760-328-3112. Great. 760-328-3112. Correct. And it's forestlawn.com. If you are unfortunate enough to need the services of a funeral home, uh, please think about Larry and the folks at Forest Lawn because you know that they're going to do everything right by you. I have friends who have had to go, unfortunately, and do business with you, and they have always been super pleased. Thank you for coming in today. Thanks, John. You bet. And we'll continue with more of the John McMullen Show on Radio 111.